Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad it once planned a segment on taking a picture of yourself in a mirror, but then we realized it's audio only. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from a beautiful, beautiful evening here in Concord, North Carolina. In fact, maybe you can hear it in the background. Yeah, the window's open. I'm letting the fresh air in, smoking my pipe in the breeze. It is absolutely perfect weather the last couple of days here. Glad the rain's let up for a little bit. All right, in tonight's show and pipe parts, I'm going to try to finish off the uh, tobacco history stuff. And then my guest tonight is Sally Gottliebson. Sally is also known as the Pipe Tart, and we'll talk to her about that, I promise. Uh, music mailbag and rant in fact uh music's from one of the listeners of the show so that'll be fun all that coming up in uh, tonight's episode of the pipes magazine radio show uh you know what i really do i really really do enjoy this time of the year when you don't have to have the air conditioner or the heater on just have the windows open all day long you get a little fresh breeze yeah it warms up a little bit in the middle of the day but you know what the the minute the sun goes down and get that cool breeze coming over you, I really do like this time of the year. I wish we could keep it this way, except it does kick up some uh, dust and stuff in the house. But, you know, hey, listen, it's absolutely perfect, perfect pipe smoking weather. Perfect weather for uh, sleeping in because you get that, get that natural cool at night that really cools everything off. And then uh, in the middle of the day... I can go outside, get a little bit of sun, kind of put a smile on my face when the sun's out, and then the evening comes and it cools right back down again. Absolutely no air conditioning, no heating. I love this time of the day, or this time of the year. Uh, In the rant, I'll talk to you about why I don't like this time of the year. All that coming up. All right, everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. Meet Josh. Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line and I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com There's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869 it's the coolest smoothest pipe I've ever owned see for yourself at corncobpipe.com Welcome back, and uh, hopefully my neighbor with the motorcycle won't go running up and down the street again. Otherwise, I'll have to close the window. Um, All right, so going back into tobacco history, we left off in the uh, 1919, somewhere around there. And uh, one thing of interest that comes up cigarette-wise is 1924, Philip Morris introduces Marlboro, a woman's cigarette that is mild as May. Uh, What made it a woman's cigarette was it had the brown or the cork-looking tip to it. And uh, that was primarily so that the lipstick didn't stick to it. In fact, it goes on to say, Philip Morris Marlboro, mild as may, targets decent, respectable women. 
Has smoking any more to do with a woman's morals than has the color of her hair? A 1927 ad reads, uh, Women quickly develop a discerning taste, and that is why Marlboros now ride in so many limousines, attend so many bridge parties, and repose in so many handbags. So it's interesting. That's about the first time that women were uh, celebrated as smoking cigarettes. There is a lot of uh, cigarette-related stuff going on in the 1920s and 1930s, but one thing that does show up is uh, in the 1930s, cigar prices fall so low, most hand-rolling cigar businesses fail. So we start to see a demise of the uh, of the cigar industry as we as they knew it back then. And that's probably when we start to see an uptick in uh, the Cubans or the Habano Puros. In 1938, a uh, bit of a sad commentary on what was going on then, but on radio, Artie Shaw's band airs twice weekly. Old Gold Cigarettes, the show's sponsor, bans Billie Holiday and demands that only the band's white singer, Helen Forrest, be allowed to perform. So even on radio, they were concerned about the uh, about the segregation mindset of the times here in the United States. By 1939, statistics show uh, Fortune magazine says 53% of adult males smoke, 66% of males under 40 smoke. And remember, now we're getting ready to go into World War II where cigarettes were given away in sea rations. After the war, the uh, famous R.J. Reynolds ad that shows uh, More Doctors Smoke Camels, that ad campaign both on radio and in print begins. We see a lot of advertising and a lot of different uh, legislation starting to pop up and a lot of requests uh, or a lot of inquiries into smoking starting to pop up in the uh, post-World War II era. And in 1951, uh, yeah, 1951, the TV series I Love Lucy begins its run at 9 p.m. It is sponsored by Philip Morris. The animated titles that open the show each week feature, feature stick figures of Lucy and Desi climbing a giant pack of Philip Morris cigarettes. It's the top-rated show for four of its six full seasons. And now in... Uh, now, in uh, reruns, that original introduction is cut out and the generic one is put in there. Uh, RJR, the same year, introduces its Winston filter tip brand, emphasizing the taste. So that begins the Winston brand, which starts a long sports, uh, sports advertising history. And in the UK, the Great London Smog, 12,000 people are thought to have died from respiratory diseases caused by pollution in London. So not only are they looking at uh, tobacco now, but starting to look at a Clean Air Act as well. Let me wrap up the rest of this simply by saying that by the time we get into the 1960s and the U.S. Surgeon General's report... Everything on uh, tobacco.org becomes uh, slanted towards legislation and investigation into health and lawsuits back and forth. Nowhere in here, and this is where you find the, this is where I really found the slant of this group's uh, target and uh, what they were, you know, what they're really going after. Nowhere in there does it talk about cigars or pipes as a smoking enjoyment. No, the rest of this simply becomes just talking about how advertising and how lawsuits are settled and how the states are going back and forth over the control of nicotine and how uh, bad the uh, you know how bad the big tobacco companies are and it just goes into statistics. What it leaves out and what we all know is how much enjoyment we get from sitting back with our pipes or sitting back with a cigar and relaxing and enjoying it. Uh, and it talks, you know, it just completely ignores the fact that, hey, tobacco doesn't, for some people, is not a daily use. It can be an occasional use enjoyment or it can be a daily use enjoyment that is uh, not known to be as dangerous as a cigarette is 
All right, that'll wrap that up. Hope you enjoyed that history thing. Again, if you want to read through a whole bunch of the stuff, go to tobacco.org and head through there. And, of course, keep in mind that it is a... It's more from uh, the anti-smoking standpoint, so there you go. All right, in just a minute, Sally will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Satleft Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me on the phone right now is the one, the only, the world-famous pipe tart, Sally Gottliebson. Sally, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. I'm very, very happy to be here. I've, I've always dreamed of this. Well, let's hope that it's better than a nightmare. Um, <laughs> so, I know you, you live in Columbus, Ohio. Is that where you grew up? Uh, actually, no. I grew up about 85 miles west of here, uh, a small town called Covington, Ohio. It's north of about 25 miles north of Dayton. So, so I grew up in a real small town, about 2,000 or so people. Did they have a parade for you when you left, or? Uh, no, but my father was grand marshal of the of the uh, uh, of the Fort Rowdy Days parade one year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're fascinated by that. <laughs> All right, so it's not often that we have a lady on the show. It's not often that you find a lady that is uh, running a, uh, a pipe-related business. How did you get into pipe smoking and then pipe selling, and how did it all start? Okay, well, um, I first really became acquainted with uh, pipe smoking when I met my husband because he's been a pipe smoker since he was 18. Uh, he was the only one of his brothers that took up pipe smoking. The dad, their father was a pipe smoker, and Jim was the only one that, that followed that. So um, I was a teacher here in Columbus, and we started hanging out at this one tobacco shop, pipe and tobacco shop here in town towards you know the last few years of my teaching because my husband was acquainted with the man who was running the shop. And we used to joke about when I retired from teaching, I'd go to work there. <laughs> And that's exactly what did happen. I retired from teaching about a year after I'd retired. Uh, they needed some help in the shop. He called me, and the rest is pipe history as far as as far as that goes. Uh, and that's when I really, really learned. I, I knew quite a bit about pipes from my husband, but I learned about tobaccos and things more when I started working in the shop. Was it a traditional pipe and cigar shop and had all kinds of stuff? Yeah, 
it was it was simply a smoke shop. Pipes, cigars, cigarettes, tobacco, um, pipe, you know, things that go with pipe smoking, tampers, et cetera, et cetera, but, but uh, not like the ones where you have the flying pigs and statues <laughs> of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> we didn't have that kind of stuff. It, it was a smoke shop. No, no Dean Martin bobbleheads? No Dean Martin bobbleheads. I tried to talk them into it, but they just wouldn't go for it. So, uh, it you know, it was a, a small shop. Um, uh, at the time when I was working there, I would have considered one of the two or three best pipe shops in Columbus, which at one time was sort of smoke shop mecca. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but at one time it was per capita, probably had more smoke shops than, like, big cities. It was the, uh, the pipe smoking capital of the United States, and... Uh, what I mean, when you were working in the shop, what what drew what was the best part of working in the shop? Most of the customers, I say most because they're always <laughs> accepted. Yeah. Um, but uh, and that's when I really got to know the pipe smoking community was when I started working there. And uh, when I first started working there, you know, some of the guys I thought, you know, I was the first woman to ever work in the shop, and. Um, I think a lot of the guys, when they came in, thought, oh, yeah, right, a woman. And she doesn't even smoke, because I didn't at the time. I did not smoke anything. I uh, never had. And uh, I, But I turned them around pretty quickly when they realized, oh, she does kind of know what she's doing. And then after working there about three years, I decided, well, maybe I'll try smoking a pipe so I can talk more about the tobaccos, rather than repeating what I would hear people say. So that's that's when I started actually smoking a pipe myself. It was about three years after I started working in the shop. So your your husband, a lifelong pipe smoker, I'm sure he helped you learn how to pack the pipe oh, and do all that. Oh yes, oh yes. He you know he was very good about that. Um, and I you know I did I sampled I I tried to sample each of the bulk tobaccos that we had, and found that I much preferred the non aromatics. The aromatics, a couple of them were okay, but um, maybe because my husband is a Latakia blend smoker, that's what I smoke. Uh, you know, I was probably just so used to the smell of it in the air and everything, so I prefer Latakia blends. <laughs> so you'd been accustomed to being gassed out. You figured you'd try it yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know, it seemed only fair. He'd been doing it to me all those years, and now it's time to, you know, return the favor. Here, smell this. But, uh, yeah, it... Uh, I, I found out I actually enjoyed it. Now, I don't necessarily smoke a pipe every day, but I find it very relaxing. Um, you don't have to inhale, which is something I never could do. That's why I didn't smoke. Um, I tried cigarettes once when my father was cutting the grass and he was smoking a cigarette, and I asked if I could try it. And he said, sure, hand me a cigarette. I took a puff and said, oh, that's easy. And he said, ah, you didn't do it right. You have to inhale. That's the one and only time I ever tried to smoke a cigarette because <laughs> I couldn't breathe. But pipes, enjoyable. You don't have to smoke yourself out. Now, I I don't want to I I want to say this um, not uh, not incorrectly, but we'll we'll just say that you're yeah. not one of these new YouTube hipster generation kids coming into it, and that you're that you're celebrating your 39th birthday. Um, right. Did you get any strange looks from people when they saw you smoking a pipe in the store? Or? Well, uh, you know, when I when I first started smoking a pipe, most of the guys were very encouraging because they thought it was kind of cool that a you know that a woman was trying to smoke a pipe, and a lot of them were like, "Well, I wish my wife would do that." Um, I can't you know tell you how many of them had to smoke outside because their wives wouldn't let them smoke indoors and that kind of thing. I'm, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with people like that. And, uh, and they were going like, that, that's so cool. I wish my wife would do that. Uh, as far as my husband smoking in the house before I started, I thought it, he smoked a pipe when I met him, and it, it never occurred to me to tell him he couldn't smoke in the house. It just never <laughs> even occurred to me. I grew up with, with uh, both parents who smoked cigarettes, so I was used to, you know, used to living with smokers. 
So you married mm-hmm. him, you married the pipes, and you married the Latakia. Yep, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and it, that's over 30 years now So for, for, for that. Initially, so what I, I kind of... what I do. <laughs> initially, what kind of pipes were you drawn to? Um, well, the first couple of pipes I got were estate pipes because, you know, I thought, oh, I'll just buy, like, you know, get, like, three or four pipes just so I can, you know, smoke the tobaccos in the shop and everything. And the very first pipe I bought was I bought from my boss. Um, it was an estate K-Woody, an older K-Woody. And, uh, you know, it was a... a it was a K-Woody carburetor, if you know what that is. Yep. It's the one that has the little metal ring in the bottom. So that was an easy pipe to learn to smoke because you got a lot of air in it with that little ring in the bottom, and it was very easy. I, you know, I also had an estate Dunhill, which I didn't ever smoke it that much. I, you know, it just didn't for me. It wasn't the right pipe. So, and, and my first pipes were all relatively small a relatively small bowl, um, and I still smoke some of those, but my newer pipes have been much, you know, not I don't smoke like the extra large or giants or anything like that, but, but you know, bigger, bigger pipes because um, you don't have to pack them as often. <laughs> you can smoke them longer, which, is, which can be a good thing. And it's a very eclectic collection. Like I said, I started out thinking, you know, three or four pipes, that's all I'll ever need. Oh, I'd hate to say how many I have now. Not as many as a lot of people, but uh, my husband looked at it. He says, it's another shopping opportunity for you. (laughs) (laughs) And and so he's right. You know, and then having, you know, being working in the shop, you know, there were all these new pipes that would come in and go, oh, 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 oh. And I had a nice discount. Oh, oh. (laughs) Were there weeks where you didn't bring home a paycheck? Well, between the shop and this boutique that was in the mall where the shop was. (laughs) Yeah, that happened. (laughs) Because, you know, if I didn't spend it in the shop, I was going down to this boutique and uh, spending it there, so... (laughs) That was that was my retirement money, and and I was spending it on myself. <laughs> and that and that was so. the end of that was the end of the paycheck. I, oftentimes, yes, not always, not always. But uh, my husband also got a lot of really nice pipes during that time too, because of the, you know I he'd look at a pipe and then I'd end up buying it for him and giving it to him for birthday, Christmas, anniversary. And he got three or four pipes a year that way. All right, so now be honest because nobody's listening. Uh, between uh-huh. the two of you and each of you buying pipes for yourselves and for the others, has a uh, has a pipe migrated from one person to the other because it got hijacked? That has happened a time or two. <laughs> um, for instance, one time I bought a pipe to give to my husband, and I tucked it away, I would, you know, hide them away for waiting for the occasion to arrive, and I totally forgot about it, and one day I was looking through my pipes, and I thought, well, I don't remember buying this pipe, so I started smoking it, and then I, after I smoked it a few times, I went, you know, I think I bought this to give to Jim, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it has happened, it has happened. Uh, we're going to take a break right here, when we come back, we'll talk about the pipe tart, and the name, and the business, and all that, so stay with us, we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, 
deep flavor and delightful aroma that makes autumn evenings so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Eck, I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with the Pipe Tart Sally. So now you got to tell us all, how did the name the Pipe Tart, uh, how, how did it come up? <laughs> okay, when I was working in the shop, there was one day that we were having a trunk show. Uh, so a lot of pipes in the shop. And um, a fella came in who smoked pipes and cigars. And he came in to buy some cigars, not even knowing we were having this trunk show. So I started talking to him and showing him pipes and everything. And in the end, he won. He, he ended up uh, purchasing two pipes and no cigars. And, of course, I you know, was flirting with him. I was not above using my feminine wiles and dressing appro- appropriately <laughs> to use my feminine wiles. And so he walked out of the shop with these two brand-new pipes, and my boss looked at me, and he says, not bad, one for each, you know, one for each, pointing <laughs> to my chest area. And one of the other guys in the shop looked at me, and he said, you're just a pipe tart. <laughs> so when I started my business, what else could it be called but the pipe tart? <laughs> you should have, two webs- <laughs> should have two websites, one for each. Um, yeah, one for each. He bought two pipes, one for each. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's how that's how the name came about was was as a result of that. So my husband, when I started the business, said, "Well, you have to call it the pipe tart." <laughs> All right. So why did you start the business? When did it start? And uh, how'd you get it going? Okay. Um, anyway, I was working in the shop. Uh, the boss that I had, who also became a very good friend of mine, um, wanted to retire, and he finally found someone to buy him out. Um, it wasn't very long into the ownership of the new fellow that I realized this was not going to work for me. Uh, you know, I, I was not going to be able to work under this guy. And so I gave him my notice that I was leaving. And I, th- you know, and I was talking to my husband. And I said, you know, I said I'm, I'm really going to miss the people, you know, because I've really come to like the pipe people. And we always went to um, the the show in in Chicago, and then also the one that we have here in Columbus, Ohio. And I said I'm going to miss all of that. And uh, then I had a friend, an Italian carver, who. Um, said, I'd like to try to sell my pipes in the United States. So I said, well, send me a few, and, and, you know, we're going to the Chicago show. So I shared a half a table with someone and had 20 pipes by this one carver, and that was the beginning, and that was at Chicago in 2010. So that was my very first show. And uh, and then it's grown substantially since then, from one carver to, what, nine or ten carvers now that I carry. Now you you only you only represent specific carvers that you have relationships with and that you yeah that they're not well um, it, it started that way in the very beginning they were carvers that that I had personally met and and knew um, I now do have some carvers that I uh, that I met uh, finally I met them this year in Milano uh, at the neat pipes party that they have in April. Uh, 
I don't have a close relationship with them, but I have met them. But there are, you know, there are, there are several of them that I would consider to be very good friends. So, Go through the. So, but it it, it it started, you know, with with friends. Go through the list of your carvers and kind of give us a description of what each one does best or what you like about each one. Oh, my. Oh my. Uh, each one of them. Hmm. Well, now some are going to be names that you would be familiar with that are, that are very familiar to people, um, like uh, Radice. Um, most people are familiar with Radice Pipes. They've been in business for quite a long time. Um, Luigi and his two sons. Uh, I think Radice makes a really nice pipe, uh, and I think that they also have a, a nice price point. They're, they're not outrageously expensive. Um, my one carver that uh, I, I'm the only person who represents him in the United States, he's Italian, his name is Fabrizio Romeo, and um, in fact we're talking about me becoming his we're just now starting to talk about me becoming his American importer and, you know, trying to sell to other dealers. Um, he is very, very creative in his, in his work. I mean, he does some of what you would expect from an Italian carver, but then he also comes up with these really interesting creative pieces. Um, the briar that he gets is just he gets excellent, excellent briar. I, I would say, you know, some of the best best briar you're going to find among among uh, carvers. Uh, he lives in Reggio Calabria, so he uses mostly Calabrian briar. Uh, he comes from a, uh, his father and grandfather were both briar cutters and pipe makers, so he's third generation in the business. Um, some some of the people listening might be familiar with Mimo. Who sells makes pipes and sells briar. Yeah. Uh, Mimo and Fabrizio are cousins. Their fathers were brothers, so there's a family history there. Um, Bruto Sordini of Don Carlos uh, became friends with him when I first met him in 2004 at the Chicago show uh, with he and his wife Rosaria. Um, and I, my husband had long, long loved his pipes and uh, that's when we made our first trip to Italy was when Bruto invited us over to go to uh, he has a pipe show in his hometown of Cagli every year and uh, the second time we saw him in, in Chicago which was 2006 he handed me a flyer about this festa, the festa della pipa and he's like you must come, you must come and my husband said I took it as an order, so we had to go. <laughs> so, so that was the, that was the first trip to Italy in 2007 to go to that show, which is where I met a number of of these other carvers because there were a lot of Italian carvers there. So that's that's where, in fact, that's where I met Fabrizio the first time. Um, I also uh, most most of my carvers are Italian. Um, let's see, going down my list here, so I don't want to leave anybody out. Pozella. Italiano Pozzella, who also lives in uh, uh, the Calabrian region of, of uh, Italy. That's down the toe of the boot. Um, he's been making pipes for, oh, 35 years now, probably. Um, and there are other sellers of his pipe in the U.S. I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one there. The only one I think that I am singular on is probably Fabrizio. But... Uh, Bozello's, I love the carve that he does. It looks like, a, to me, the, the, the carve that, that Vitaliano does looks like kind of like a faceted jewel, like these little chips out of the briar. And uh, when they're brand new, they kind of sparkle in the light. Obviously, after you smoke them a while, as with any pipe, you kind of lose a little of that sparkle and shine. It gets um, patinaed. Yes, it gets patinaed. That's ex yeah, that's exactly right. Alberto Bonfiglioli. I don't carry a lot of his pipes, but I have a few. Um, if anybody out there has met Alberto, will agree he is a crazy man. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean he's just a heck of a nice guy. Again, he makes you can buy an expensive pipe from him, but most of his pipes have a really you know very nice price point. And I think I. 
I don't know that he needs to do this for a living because I don't think he turns out a big production or anything. But uh, nice smoking pipes, and, and he's a heck of a nice guy. Um, Salvatore Amorelli. I bought a pipe of his from him at the Chicago show three years ago. And after I got home and I smoked it, I said, I want to carry this man's pipes because it just smoked up, you know. I mean, you couldn't have had a better first smoke in any pipe, I don't think. Uh, and and I love I love some of the creative carving that he does uh, using – he uses a laser for some of his carving and uh, to get some very interesting – textures and finishes and patterns, so he's really great. Uh, Tonino Giacano, I always want to say Giacano, but in Italian it's Giacano, um, who is actually a brother-in-law of uh, Italiano Puzella. Um, They started making pipes together and and then went their separate ways when uh, Tonino moved. Again, very nice price point. I have I have some pipes that are fairly expensive, but but I like to try to keep some that are in a, in a good price point that almost anybody could afford. So his are good. Uh, uh, the Luciano pipes. The Luciano pipes are all handmade, but they, it's not a particular carver. That's a line that was developed by uh, Luca di Piazza, and he wanted to start a line of handmade pipes that. Um, Again, that anybody could afford. Um, many of them are under two hundred dollars, and every great now and then you might even get one that's like only ninety dollars. So very, very good price point on those. And uh, then my newest carver is Mario Pascucci. Uh, Mario Pascucci is not a name that most people will recognize, but yeah. for thirty years he worked for Maestro de Paja and had become their master carver. And now he's out there putting pipes out on his own. Uh, and they're really, I, I found them very interesting. And, you know, just, uh, and again, great price point, great price point. So that's like Italians. I have one non-Italian, <laughs> and that's uh, Ian Walker of Northern Briars. He's English. And uh, it, it, I just, he and his wife are just great people. He makes a wonderful smoking pipe. Um, just, you know, mo- most of his pipes are of classic shapes, designs, because that's, you know, basically what the English do. They have those very classical shapes. So I think that's basically all the carvers that I have. I have a couple of pipes by some other people that uh, that as soon as they're gone, that's, you know, I won't be having the, their pipes anymore. But, uh, so you... but those, are, those are my main main ones. You, you said something that kind of piqued my mind, where you, you know, or piqued my interest, where you said that you've, you know, that you you bought a pipe, you tried it, you you loved it, and then you went uh-huh. and talked to the carver. Uh, do you smoke? Right. Do you smoke pipes from everybody that you carry? Uh, I try to. There's a couple that I have not pulled out yet for myself. Um, like I have not tried a Pascucci yet, but I think I think everybody else that I'm selling. Yeah, everybody else that I'm selling, I, I I do have, I do have pipes by them, and I will have a Pascucci eventually. But like I said, I just started carrying them this year, and I just haven't pulled one on my stock yet. It's you you got to leave something for us customers to look at. Exactly, exactly. Like when when I was over in Milano for the 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 party that Neat Pipes has. Uh, the the day that dealers like me could go in and, and buy pipes, I mean, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> a kid in a candy store, all these pipes, um, not as many as you might find at Chicago, but still, all these pipes by all these wonderful Italian carvers, and uh, and I I mostly picked out things that appealed to me, but that I also thought would have a draw for other people. Because yeah, um, eventually and, and you do I, have to, you do have to pay for the yeah. trip and, and all that stuff too. Exactly. 
Exactly. You can't you can't keep everything that you want to keep. I mean, every once in a while I'll get a pipe and I'll sit, you know, I'll look at it and go, man, I really like that one, but I have to try to sell it. So I'll I'll take it to shows and I'll put it out and then, you know, if it makes maybe the circuit of all the shows and hasn't sold, then I'll go, okay, I'm supposed to have that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. and I, I did that with one pipe that I absolutely adored. I said, okay, this is its last show. If it doesn't sell at this show, then, then I'm going to take it for myself. And I sold it. <laughs> it got sold at that show. And I was kind of like, oh, man, I really wanted that. Though I could probably talk to the carver and have him, you know, I mean, he could make me another one like it if I, or very similar at any rate. As you know, since they're handmade pipes, no two pipes are ever exactly identical yeah even if it's the same shape and everything so this little girl from uh from a small town in ohio ends up going to italy on a regular basis to buy pipes that's yeah that's your that's your standard small town story it is isn't it isn't it i know it it was so funny when i went and i you know when i got home from the trip i said you know i told jim i says well i says i got like 30 pipes and he said to me, how much did you spend? And I just looked at him and I said, I don't know. I haven't gotten the bill yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was just putting pipes in a basket to buy, you know. <laughs> and, and he just shook his head. <laughs> and, and I know the answer he to this question, but every one of the pipe shows, yeah. there will be a little furry cat sitting on your table with a pipe yeah. in her mouth. Yes. Uh, yes. go, go ahead and tell the story. Okay. Um, when I was working in the shop, this began when I was working in the shop, We had uh, the shop already had a, a stuffed dog with a cigar, like a little bulldog with a cigar. And I, you know, I, I said to my boss after I'd been there a while, I said, you know, I said, we got this, you know, cigar-smoking dog. I said, we need it, we need one that smokes a, a pipe because it's a pipe shop too and so i went to the the toy shop that was in the in the mall this is all on my own of course and i found this stuffed cat who's just fat i mean he's a fat stuffed cat <laughs> and uh and i said oh he's perfect he's perfect and uh, he was then named wall street the fat cat or wally for short and Wally goes to all the shows with me. Um, he didn't go to the first couple, but because uh, I mean he was mine, so when I left the shop, he came with me. I I didn't leave him there. And now he goes to all the shows with me. He even made the trip to Italy, <laughs> to Milan. He even went to Milan with me. So so he is a world traveler. He is a world traveler. And uh, and the pipe that he has that you see in his mouth at the shows is a very small uh, Don Carlos that the first time we went to Italy and visited Bruto to go to his show, uh, when he came to the hotel to meet us, he handed me this pipe bag, and, and I opened it up, and I pulled out this little pipe, and he says, littlest Don Carlos ever make. <laughs> so, so that has now become Wally's pipe. And I can't tell you if I could duplicate Wally and that pipe I could have sold I don't know how many of them. People, oh, can I buy this? No. <laughs> no, you can't buy that. <laughs> well, can I buy the pipe? No, you can't buy the pipe either. It's not for sale. Now, if they offered me a million dollars, I'd be hard-pressed. But um, that did, now, Wally's my, my, Wally's my constant companion at the shows because I go to most of the shows by myself. Um, Occasionally, my husband is able to come with me. Generally, he goes to St. Louis and Chicago, but uh, he hasn't been able to do. He has not been able to do that this year, um, which is because we have a living cat, a live cat that is uh, 20 years old, and and she requires special care. So we have to travel separately at present time. Yeah, gonna, you're much more controlled when he's around. So we we'd appreciate him coming to the show. You've noticed that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, there there been uh, you know a couple of embarrassing uh, incidents when when he has not been around, but 
Yeah, oh, and, well. and to see a whole <laughs> bunch of photos from different pipe shows and stuff, and to see all the pipes we've talked about, the website is thepipetart.com, T-H-E-P-I-P-E-T-A-R-T.com. Um, there might be an embarrassing picture of me or two on there somewhere, maybe, but that's up for you guys <laughs> to dig around and find. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's some interesting pictures of Brian floating around. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we'll wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? Um, in general, I will say Don Carlos. I have probably 12 or 13 Don Carlos pipes. Um, singularly, that Amarelli that I bought. And what is your favorite tobacco? At present time, um, Frogmorton Cellar. Nice and mild and mellow and tasty. And I'm not good at describing tobaccos. You know how people describe them as lemony, grassy, leathery. <laughs> no, it tastes good. It doesn't taste good. That's my description. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what's your favorite drink? My favorite Coca-Cola. Hey. <laughs> when it's time to... Rel- if I'm going to drink something alcoholic, it would be a fruity rum drink. You Uh-oh. know, pineapple juice, orange juice, and rum. Yeah, that Things probably... Things that don't taste like a drink. That probably started some of those pictures. Of, uh, anyway. Uh, when it's oh, yeah, time I'm to, sure it did. <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? I enjoy all, but I would have to say a book would be the top of the list. I've, you know, uh, inherited my love of reading from my father. Uh, from the time he learned to read until he could no longer remember what he had read, uh, he read constantly. And, and I've, I'm pretty much the same way, always reading a book. But I don't do heavy-duty reading. I, I read for enjoyment. Once in a while, I'll read like a biography or things like that, but I like a lot of mysteries, animal stories, thrillers, that sort of thing. Just fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just fun stuff. And the last question, any favorite pipe smoking memory that we didn't talk about? Uh, Do you want the embarrassing ones or just... (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a... Yeah. Well, uh, a, a few years ago at the Chicago show, I can't remember if Jim was there this year or not. Uh, that may have been the year he couldn't come with me too. Um, I was sitting around at a table with a number of people from the, the Kansas City group, and um, White Whitewood Leathers makes tobacco pouches out of animal. What do I want to call them? Testicles. <laughs> like bulls and buffalo and that sort of thing. And uh, one of the guys, Drew Melpolder, he had one of these. And he says, you want to see it? And he he threw it across the table at me. Well, I am notoriously bad at sports. I can't throw, I can't catch. I could (laughs) run, but, you know, I can't throw or can't catch. And so he threw this at me. Well, of course, I couldn't catch it. It hit the pipe that I was holding that was lit, and a spark came out of the pipe and landed on the furry part of, of this tobacco pouch. And it's laying there on the table, and this little curl of smoke starts coming up from it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> this little curl of smoke. So I'm going, ah, I'm going to burn up his tobacco pouch, right? So I picked it up and started slamming it against the table. Well, that became quite a story about me lighting his ball sack on fire and then beating it out on the table. <laughs> I hope you can. I hope you can broadcast that. <laughs> well, well, it's too late. So, yeah, for those of you that just tuned yeah, out, true. sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and and every year when I go to, to to Chicago now, someone will come up to me and say, "You're the one that set the ball sack on fire." <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so I'm surprised you haven't heard that story. <laughs> no, no, no. Had I heard that story, we would have let off with it. So. <laughs> well, 
Well, it's a good ending. It's a good ending. <laughs> uh, with that, I'd like to thank you all for thank you for joining us, uh, Sally. You're you're a delight and always a joy to thank see. You. Now I'm going to cringe a little bit, but uh, I'll see you, I'll see you uh, in Las Vegas in a few weeks. Yep, I'll be there. I'll see you there, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'll wear asbestos pants. We'll be back with the show in just a <laughs> Always minute. Always a good idea when I'm around. Yeah. And carry, carry the fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Uh, bye-bye. Craftsmanship. History. Tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company, and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. I uh, just uh, caught my breath there. Okay, I'm back. Um, yeah, so check out Sally's website. Poke around at all the pictures. And uh, if you have anything furry, keep it away from her. All right, so for music, uh, Bob Bittner, who you just heard earlier on the Four Noggins ad, also does some music. And... Uh, this is from his upcoming album, The Glass Half Gone. It's kind of fun. Listen to the song all the way. It's called Naomi Gets the Last Laugh.
There's a woman in town, got the next to last laugh. She's the one who inks Naomi, and she's got the photograph. She keeps it in her dresser drawer beneath her lingerie. And every time she looks at it, she smiles and she says, Naomi got a tat, and I know where it's at. But I'm keeping all her secrets, cause she made me promise that. But if it's so distressing that Naomi got some ink, I wonder what her nipple rings would make the others think. Cause Naomi got a tat, she didn't stop it back. But now to stay in covered under dresses, sleeves, and cap, she hides a wicked smile. When she thinks of all she's done, how she'll finally bear her secrets when she weds another son. You want to run? You know, I am the uh, leading expert on my own opinion, and my own opinion, that's a lot of fun. And also, in my own opinion, there's a lot of talent in this community of pipe smokers, um, of which I have none of it. Alert one, alert one. Incoming emergency action message. In the mailbag, uh, first of all, posted just recently today, the uh, follow-up or the report on the New Orleans pipe show from our own uh, E. Roberts. Romeo Wood, and uh, check it out. Lots of great pictures in there from uh, Wes Brown, the uh, member of the Houston Pipe Club. Austin Pipe Club. Austin, Houston. Probably got one of the... Ah, I got it right at least half the time there. Uh, don't forget, coming up, uh, the West Coast Pipe Show in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, November 7th and 8th. 6th, 7th? Yeah, right there. Okay. All right, going back to last week's show, John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian, sounds like you had a great time in New Orleans. Of course, I know Matt, Gus, and his brothers. They can usually be found at the Chicago show. The Seattle Pipe Club is known for its special tobacco blends, which I believe have had commercial success. Pipe clubs and pipe shows do have the effect of enabling one to form great friendships. Yes, they do. I am amazed at the number of people that show up for a club meeting, although we at the Washington County PA Club has been going since the late 1990s. Our largest attendance was about a dozen people. Great interview. Music, Gershwin, always good. Mail, Brian, ask yourself, if Mickey Mouse smoked a pipe, and I think he did in Steamboat Willie, would he be at the adult table or the kids' table? Where would Popeye be? By the way, where would a Virginia or a vapor smoker sit? <laughs> we got our own little corner. We have our own little corner out there. Uh, rave PBS Walt Disney documentary showing Walt Disney smoking a pipe was reality, not the glossed over Hollywood version. Documentaries should show the reality as it was. Great show. Yeah, I also think a movie that shows historical times shouldn't be penalized for that. Uh, hi, Brian. Your conversation with, uh, Dino says, uh, your conversation with Matt Gus was a lot of fun. He is among the legendary pipe club leaders around the country. His story of the development of the Seattle Pipe Club is primer for those who want to build a successful local fellowship of pipemen. Mammy Nixon, you of course meant Marnie. Yes, I did. I misread it. Yeah. Uh, the secret dubbed voice of many movie stars. She sang for Natalie Wood in West Side Story, Deborah Carr in The King and I, Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, and sang in many other films, including A Dream is a Wish in Walt Disney's Cinderella. Yeah, I did my homework afterwards. <laughs> Nothing like uh, doing your homework for the final and summer break. Um, anyway... By the way, that's probably my favorite Gershwin song. I love it, too. And I, too, greatly enjoyed the Disney documentary, A Lovely Show, Brian. Thanks, Dino. Uh, Pappy Mac wrote, Great podcast as usual. It was good meeting and talking to you at the NOLA Pipe Show. I've placed my order for Molta Dolce. Yay! Uh, Casey Ghost wrote, I enjoyed the report on the NOLA Pipe Show. The folks there were dealt some curveballs and handled them very well. Sounds like the new venue met with everyone's approval. The Matt Gus interview was very interesting. He is a leading figure in the hobby. When starting and running a pipe club, the most important thing is leadership. 
Ours is a hobby in which most people simply do not want to lead. As a group, they are very content to sit around, smoke their pipes, and offer their wisdom to all within earshot. Actually getting off their duffs and doing something, not so much. <laughs> Leave it to Dan. Uh, this is what the Seattle Pipe Club has going for them. Great leadership. He is, uh, he is right that for a club to get people to come to their meetings, you need to offer some kind of program to motivate them to attend. The topics don't always have to be about pipes and tobacco. With our own club, you will have a number of people who have interesting jobs or hobbies that can make great programs. The Gershwin was good and the singing was excellent. Marty Nixon is, is uh, practically an unknown musical legend. Very few people know who she is, but everybody is familiar with her body of work. Uh, the, Disney, the Disney documentary was very good and quite entertaining. I remember watching the Disney show in the 50s and 60s and thinking that Walt Disney was the greatest man in the world. I agree. Um, of course, as you get older, you learn that not a, that everyone has warts. Yes, they do. Uh, PBS deserves kudos for doing the historically accurate show. PBS is generally good about doing things like this. The BBC also has a good track record. Ah, uh, the poor, much maligned arrow smoker is always feeling persecuted. I'll leave that alone, and we're done beating that one to pulp there. Uh, and then Matt Gus wrote, Thank you, Brian, for the opportunity to be on your show my pleasure uh, i was honored to chat with you i was a bit nervous about doing the interview but much to my surprise i enjoyed myself very much yeah uh you made it fun and easy good um that's me fun and easy uh the seattle pipe club is near and dear to my heart and i feel blessed to be part of it the fact that our members enjoy it is just icing on the cake we have been humbled at how successful our seattle pipe clubs have become we adore them and are so pleased that other pipe smokers enjoy them too. Joe Langford is a club treasure and, to my mind, the very best tobacco blender in the country. He'd be embarrassed by my comment, but we love him and know it's true. Thanks again. Yeah, Matt, I'll also put in there, Joe Langford is, uh, is truly a wonderful human being, as well as a tobacco blender. All right, I was going to say something brilliant, and then I absolutely forgot it. So you know what we'll do? We'll roll right on, and uh, rant time's coming up next. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well the exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. CupofJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupofJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupofJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, CupofJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. Cowboy. What does pink pup pumpkins and scary movies all have to do with my birthday? Well, it's the month of October, so it must be time again. You know, for for years and years and years and. The uh, the breast cancer awareness stuff, I, I'm all for it, but does it have to come in, in October? 
I've my birthday's been in October for all my life, ever since the first one, in fact. And uh, you know, the pumpkins and stuff like that are great. And then all of a sudden, right about my birthday time, here comes all the horror movies. And I am not a fan of horror movies. My life is scary enough as it is. If I want to see something scary, I'll go look in the mirror. I don't like horror movies. But for years and years, every time I'd have a birthday party somewhere, there would be a pumpkin in the background. Or there'd be, uh, even at my bar mitzvah, there were hay bales up on the stage. Why? Because there was some Halloween-themed thing going on at the, at, the play, at the reception hall that we had. And now you add to it the breast cancer awareness. I mean, I love watching an NFL game, and there's all, this, all these pink gloves and pink shoes. I love watching a NASCAR race, which I went to last sa- uh, last Saturday night and Sunday because it got rained out. And there's all these pink numbers on cars. Well, now it's pink pumpkins and horror movies, and that must mean that it's my birthday month. Yeah, well, you know what? I'd be happier if it was uh, if if we didn't have to deal with the horror movies. I could, un- you know, that'd be nice. If we didn't have to deal with pumpkins and bales of hay everywhere, all right, I like pumpkin pie, that's fine, but do we really need to have it all over the place? No. And now you get the pink out, all pink, pink for October. Can we change the pink to, uh, I don't know, how about February? February's got Valentine's Day. There's a lot of pink in it. I say we move uh, breast cancer awareness to February, besides that. February, nobody can go outside and smoke on their front porch on a lovely evening like I'm about to in about two minutes here. I'm going to pour myself a drink, sit down outside, and uh, play Bachelor for the night because I got the house to myself. So that wraps up tonight's show. Thank you all for tuning in. Hey, please keep leaving those ratings and reviews on iTunes for us. We do appreciate those. Post any comments you got to the Pipes Magazine radio show page on the uh, on PipesMagazine.com. Follow me on Facebook, all that, blah, 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 blah. And uh, thank you to Sally for joining me. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. When you're when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener.